Well, let me first of all greet you and your family a very Merry Christmas. I hope that you and your family can enjoy a very meaningful and truly joyful occasion this season. Christmas, uh, it awakens in us these warm, cozy, sentimental feelings, doesn't it? You hear those Jose Marie Chan songs and you see the chestnuts and the lanterns being sold in the streets. You see the lights, the decors, the gifts, and all of it makes us feel warm and safe and happy. And our passage today is part of all that nostalgia. Let me read it for you. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now when you just read and heard that passage just now, what did you feel? Doesn't that passage make you feel Christmas? But if you look at it at verse 8, what were the shepherds feeling when Christmas first came? They weren't feeling safe and happy and warm and cozy. No, they were afraid. It says they were filled with great fear. It was terror. It was trembling. And yet, the angel comes to deliver the message of Christmas. And Christmas comes to say, fear not for behold. Fear not for behold. If you are filled with any great fear today, whether it's a fear about your life, of the future, of rejection, of anything, if you're gripped by any great fear today, then I want you to know that you can be done with fear today. You can be done with fear today when you receive the message of Christmas. So, what is the message of Christmas? What does Christmas say to our fears? Well, let's listen to the angels. And we'll do that by looking at three key phrases from this passage. It talks about the great fear, and yet, fear not, for behold. There's a great fear, but fear not, for behold. First of all, there's a great fear. There's a great fear in all of us, and the shepherds are a good picture of that. It says in verse 8 to 9 that they were filled with a great fear. Now, the word fear there is repeated twice. It says fear, fear, and it's a way of emphasizing the intensity of the fear that they felt. So this is not just a scare, it's a terror. It's deep terror. Why is that? Well, to understand their fears and ours, we need to go a little further back. You see, this story of the shepherds becoming afraid when God's glory and the angel comes, doesn't that remind you of a similar story that happened way, way before that? 
This story is actually an echo of what happened with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve were created, we're told that they actually walked right beside God in the cool of the day. They walked right beside the glory of God and they loved it. They took in all of God's glory freely and unafraid. But one day, everything changed. Because one day, Adam and Eve decided to be their own masters, to be their own kings, to be their own rulers, to be their own gods. They said, only I can decide what I can and cannot do. I'll be the one to say what's best for me. But when they did that, everything changed. Suddenly, the human race has been filled with great fear. And we're deeply afraid of God's glory. You see, when God went to see Adam, Adam hid. And when Adam called out to God, what did Adam say? Adam said, when I heard you, God, I was afraid. For I felt naked, so I hid from you. The Bible tells us that our ancestors, Adam and Eve, are a perfect picture of all of us. We're all just like Adam and Eve. We've decided to be our own masters. We've all decided to be our own kings, to be our own rulers. But the moment we did that, we became gripped with a great fear. A great fear of God's glory and it spreads all throughout our life. This fear spreads all throughout our life. We're not afraid of our future, of our rejection, uh, of all these other things. We're now greatly gripped by fear. Why is that? Well, let me use an illustration I heard. Have you ever been in a job where you felt that you were highly unqualified for? You're highly unqualified for your job. If you've ever been in one, then you know how frightening it actually is. You're always afraid that someone might find out that you're actually very much unqualified for your job. You're insecure, you're afraid of criticism, you always have this low level of anxiety just at the back of your mind. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you're afraid that someone might show up who's actually more qualified and you'll be busted. Have you ever felt that? Well, the Bible tells us when we took up the job of being our own masters, of being our own lords, we took up a job that we were highly unqualified for. And so the more you and I go through life, we graduate, we take up our first job, we get married, we have babies, we face illness and death. The minute we go through all through life, more and more, we're coming to realize that we are deeply, deeply, highly unqualified to be our own masters. We're trying to be our own masters, but we don't have the wisdom for it. We don't have the power for it. We don't have the righteousness for it. We all know how flawed and incompetent we are. And therefore, we're deeply afraid. Of course you should be afraid. We are like captains of a ship in the middle of the ocean, and we don't know what to do or where to go. That's why we're always filled with different fears about our life. Don't you think so? We're afraid of failure and rejection because to fail, to be rejected, that reveals and it confirms our deepest fears that we are not enough, that we don't have what it takes. 
We are deeply afraid of the future because we know we don't have what it takes to navigate such an unpredictable future. That's why we're also afraid. We always have this low level of anxiety, low level of fear inside our hearts. And many of us, we try to repress it. We try to distract ourselves from it. We try to deny it, but it's there and you know it's there. We're all afraid, deeply afraid. But whether we like it or not, we all have to face it one day. We all have to deal with those fears as it comes through one by one. You see, that's what happens with the shepherds. Look at what happened with the shepherds. An angel came and they were terrified. Why is that? Why are they terrified by an angel? Because here for the first time in their lives, unlike any other creature or human on earth that they've met, here is a being that they cannot overpower. You cannot over, overpower, you cannot outsmart, you cannot tame, you cannot predict, you cannot control, you cannot manipulate. Here is an angel and he is completely above you and you are completely under. Therefore, when you are facing an angel, you're not just scared of him, you're scared for your life because before him, you're nothing. You're nothing before him. But what the shepherds saw was far beyond an angel. It says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, what is glory? For those of you who are with us for the first time, then just to let you know, we were talking about going from ruin to glory before Christmas. But what is glory? And what is it about God's glory that it strikes fear to Adam and Eve, all the way to the shepherds, and all the way to us? The glory of the Lord is His aboveness. It's His beyondness. It's to, he's glorious because he's way above us, way beyond us, way beyond our capacities to even take in. Who he is simply overwhelms us. For example, many of us have been looking at computer screens in our phones all day, right? And the light there might make our eyes dry and strained after looking at it all day. But when you look at the light of the sun, you cannot look at it for a few minutes without going blind. Why? Because the light of the sun is so glorious that it blinds you. Its light is beyond our capacities to take in. Or for another example, when you listen to music, when you listen to ordinary music, you can sort of hum and sing along to it, right? But when you listen to extraordinary music, to glorious music, you feel that the bounds of your soul are about to burst. It's bursting. You can't even fully describe what you're experiencing to someone else. Why? Because that music is glorious. It's overwhelming. It's beyond you. You can't fully take it in. The glory of God means that everything about God is like that. Everything about God is beyond our capacity to take in. It's just overwhelmingly beyond us. It's above and beyond us. His wisdom is inscrutable. We can't fully understand. His power is unsearchable. We can't even find anything to compare it with. His love is unfailing. We don't understand. His, his eternalness is beyond us. We don't understand that. 
Everything about God is beyond us. We can't even fully take it in. Now the question is, if we are already overwhelmed with an angel, then what is it like to face the glory of God, whom even high angels tremble? To face that would be devastating. The gap between us and an angel is infinitely smaller compared to the gap between us and God. To face Him, to be beside Him, to see His glory, it would make us feel less than a bug, less than a speck of dirt. And when you're beside that, when you're beside God's glory, it's going to show you all these different things about you. When the light of God's glory comes into the room, it's going to show us all these things that we've been trying to hide from, all these fears that we've been trying to repress. It's going to show us that we don't have the wisdom of God to know what's best. We don't have the power of God to make sure we get home. We don't have the righteousness of God to always do what's right. His glory is going to show us so many things about us and it's going to reveal to everyone and to us that we are highly, highly, deeply unqualified to be our own kings. And it bursts open all these fears inside us about ourselves, about our own lives. We know we're not fit to be our own kings. And we are like Adam, and we say to God, when I heard you, God, I was afraid, for I felt naked. I'm naked. I have nothing. I'm unqualified. So I hid myself. That's why many of us, when we are coming close to the glory of God, just to know a bit more, just to understand a bit more, it, it's unsettling for us. It's terrifying. That's why Christians, we need to have that. We need the glory of God. You need that. You need to be unsettled. You need to be terrified. You need to have that deep fear of the Lord before you can understand Christmas. Before you can understand Christmas, you need that. You need that humbling. You need that breaking. You need that crumbling before Christmas comes to turn those fears into joy. If you don't consider yourself a Christian, let me just ask you a very practical question. At the very least, can you be honest with yourself and be able to say to yourself that you are really unqualified to be your own Lord? You don't have what it takes. That your fears have merit. That you have good reason to doubt yourself. Can you at the very least say that to yourself? Can you admit that to yourself? That there is a great fear that you need to deal with. Well, there is a great fear, but Christmas, thank God Christmas comes. And the angels came to deliver that message. And the message of Christmas begins by saying, fear not. Fear not. Here's what the angels say. And the angels said to them, Fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The angels say, fear not. Well, why should we fear not? Because there is good news of great joy for all the people. Now, what is this news? Why is this news so good that it brings great joy to all the people? Well, the news is, the good news is that Jesus has come. A Savior has come. A Savior has been born and He's come to save us. Certainly, Jesus has come to save us from our sins. Yes, but here's what I want you to think about today. He has also come to save us from our great fears. He's come to save us from our fears. How does He do that? How does Jesus save us from our fears? Because Jesus comes to be Christ the Lord. He's come to be the Lord. He's come to be your Lord. He's come to replace you from being your own Lord. Now what that means is, the minute you let Jesus be the Lord of your life, you can be done with fear. You can be done with all the fears that come from the miserable attempts that we're trying to do, trying to run our own lives. We can be done with that because Christ has come to save us from ourselves. He's come to be our Lord. Do you see why that is truly good news of great joy? Because Christ comes to save us, not just from our sins, but even from ourselves. He comes to save us, to be our Lord. He comes to save us from our miserable attempts of trying to be our own master and therefore being gripped by all these fears. He's come to save us from that heavy burden of being our own Lord. He's come to save us from that constant anxiety and fear crippling us because we are trying to take on a job that we are not fit for. Christ has come. The Savior comes to be your Lord. Therefore, fear not. Rejoice. Good news. That's good news. Christ has come to be your Lord. Do you understand that? Are you deeply afraid of being in need of lacking something? For those of you who are that, let me ask you, who in the world is able to provide for everything you need for this life and the next? Surely not us. And if you're the one in charge of your life, then you should be afraid. You should be afraid. Any rational person should be afraid. But if Christ is the Lord of your life. If you've, if you've resigned from that position of being Lord of your life and you start turning it over to Christ, then fear not. Do you realize that in John 1, it says that through Him all things were made. All things. If He then is the Lord of your life, why should you fear about lacking anything? Fear not. Are you deeply afraid of rejection 
For those of you who are, you, you, whenever you say or do something, you're always thinking what the other person might think about you. You're always afraid, you're always cautious, you're always guarded because you know if you're transparent enough and people actually see what's inside you, they would reject you. So you're trying to madly control your life. You're trying to guard your life. But don't you see, if you let Jesus be the Lord of your life, then fear not. Because here is Jesus, the only Lord who sees everything about you. Even the things you don't know about yourself, He sees everything. But He does not reject you. He's come to save you. Don't you see that Jesus is the only Lord, not even you. He's the only Lord that's full of grace and truth. He's the Lord who's full of grace and therefore He can love you much more than you love yourself. Even when you see, even when He sees your ugliness, He's full of grace. And yet He's also the only Lord full of truth. And therefore, He is much, much more committed than you to making sure that your ugliness becomes true, real, lasting beauty. He's going to make you beautiful inside and out. He's going to make you kinder and humbler and wiser. He's going to make you absolutely stunning. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 5.21 that in Christ, those who have put themselves under the lordship and saving of Christ, you become the righteousness of God. And what that means is, in God's eyes now, when He looks at you, He sees your Lord. He sees Christ. He sees Christ in all His perfect righteousness and beauty. Do you know what that means? It means you can go through life and you can say, that person might reject me, he might reject me, but in God's eyes, I am completely loved and accepted. If I have, I have God's smile, and that weighs more than all the other frowns out there. Therefore, fear not rejection. Or perhaps those of you, are you deeply afraid of the future? You're always afraid of what might happen 2020 has shown us, right? How terrible things can really get and how bad can go to worse. Who knows what the future holds? You should be afraid if you're the one in control of your life. But if you let Jesus be your king, then fear not. Look at the book of Revelations. This Jesus whom you make the Lord of your life, he is the Lord over all things at the very end. Jesus is gloriously powerful enough, gloriously wise enough to make sure all things work together for your good. All things. Do you hear that, those of you who are afraid of failure? Jesus can turn your failures into your good. Only He can do that. Let Jesus be your King and all things shall be well for you. You will make it home no matter what happens. That's why Christians, some of you, you're still gripped by great fears today. It's because you're not receiving the message of Christmas deeply. 
You have to let the good news of great joy work its way down to you. Jesus has come to save you from yourself. He's come to be your Lord, therefore fear not. You can rejoice this Christmas without any fears. Now, for those of you who haven't really decided to make Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet, let me just ask you a very practical question that you may want to answer for yourself. What do you plan to do with your fears? How do you plan to deal with it? Do you see any other way to deal with your fears, to to resolve it, not just escape from it or deny it or repress it or distract yourself from it? No, no, no. How do you plan to deal with your fears, to resolve it, to overcome your fears? You'll never overcome your fears until you finally let go of your own life, control over your life, and you're finally resting on Christ the Lord as He saves you, as He becomes your Lord. You'll never overcome that fear unless you have that. Christmas, the message of Christmas is fear not because Christ the Lord has come to save. Now, how can we have that? How can we receive and hear and believe the message of Christmas so much so that our great fears are turning to great joy. How do we receive that? Well, the angels say, fear not, for behold, for behold. When the angels delivered the message of Christmas, right after that, the most incredible thing happens. Look at verses 13 to 14. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Now, when that happens, you can imagine the astonishment of the shepherds. Suddenly, a multitude of angels came, erupting into joy celebrations. Now, I don't think when the shepherds heard about this good news, I don't think they fully understood yet who the Savior is or what He will do. They didn't fully understand that, but here's what they certainly understood. They understood that this good news of great joy for all the people is so good, it's so great, that it even fills the angels with great joy. It fills them with great joy. A a multitude of angels erupt into joyous celebrations, praising God. When Christmas came, the first, one, the first ones who sang were the angels. In fact, it says in 1 Peter that angels long to look into these things. How much more then should you and I be erupting into great joy? Because the good news is for us. It's for us. It's good news of great joy for us. Therefore, If you are hearing Christmas, you're receiving Christmas, but you're just going through the motions, there's no great joy, then you're not yet receiving it. Not yet. You're still not getting it. That's why Christians, many of you are still living in great fear. You're not yet receiving Christmas. 
Well, what's missing? What should we do to be receiving that good news, to turn our fears into great joy? Well, what does the angel say? The angels say, fear not, for behold. Behold what? Behold the good news of great joy. Or let me paraphrase an article that I read about this passage. If you're filled with great fear today, then you're not yet beholding. You need to behold the good news of great joy for us. Now, what does it mean to behold? To behold is to look at something, right? It's to look at something carefully. You examine it closely, looking at all its details, looking at every distinctive quality, all its characters, all its qualities. You're looking at it. Well, how do you behold Christmas? How do you behold the good news of great joy or what Christians call the gospel? How do you behold that? Well, you can do that many different ways. You might even say that's what I keep on trying to do every time I preach. I'm lifting something up about that good news and asking you to look at one quality about the good news so that we together can behold and worship, right? Well, in this passage, the angels are beholding. And how do they behold? What do they say? They say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There it is. (laughs) They're beholding. And they're beholding by giving God the glory. By giving God the glory. Notice that there's a parallelism happening here. There's glory to God in the highest and on earth peace with men. There's God in the highest heaven, and there's men on earth. There's glory to God, and there's peace to men. And what that shows is they go together. If you want peace on earth, then you need to give God the glory. Or let me put it another way. If you are filled with great fears, then the way that you can be done with fears today and have peace is that you need to give God the glory. Well, how do you give God the glory? What does that mean? It's not mysterious. It's not that complicated, actually. Remember, the glory of God is His beyondness. It's His aboveness. It's it's, it's infinite worth and weight and qualities. So when you give God the glory, you're not adding something to Him. You're not. I mean, what can you add to that, right? No. Giving God the glory simply means that you are letting the glory of God seep all the way into you until it overflows out of you. You're thinking in the glory of God until you are praying it out, until you are singing it out. You meditate it in until it, until it comes out of your life, until the glory of God starts reflecting in you. You sing it, you pray it, you share it. Everything about you reflects the glory of God that you see. You look at God and you say, your wisdom, God, is infinitely higher than mine. I don't understand, but you do. Your power, Lord, is infinitely greater than mine. I'm powerless, I'm helpless, I'm weak, but you are strong. Your love, Lord, is my unending hope. It is unfailing, and I put my hope in it. That's how you give glory to God. You let God's glory affect you all the way until it overflows out of you. You think it in until you pray it out. 
That's how you give God the glory. And the more you do that, the more you do that, the more you will have peace. Do you see why? Because the more you do that, the more you understand, you recognize that the Lord you have made over your life, He is completely, perfectly, gloriously capable and qualified to be your master, to be our king, to be our Lord. He's able to answer every fear. And therefore, the more you give God the glory, the more you can have peace. Great deep peace. Do you have that peace today? Do you have peace? I'm not asking if you are stressed. I'm not asking if if you have any enemies. I'm not asking if you're having a good time. I'm asking, do you have peace? Real, deep, lasting peace. Can you look at your life and all the terrifying things around you and what's about to happen to you? Can you look at all of that squarely in the eyes? and be able to face it calmly, confidently, with, a, with an assurance and a peace to face all that. Do you have peace? If you don't, then you're not yet beholding. You're not yet giving God the glory. You need to behold the God who comes to be your Lord. The God who comes to save you. The God who comes to be with us. And the more you behold Him, the more you will fear not. The more you can have peace. Because Christ the Lord comes. And He is all glorious. He is perfectly qualified. Infinitely capable to be your Lord. And to answer every fear that you have. Therefore, let me say to you again the message of Christmas, and hear it today. Fear not, for behold, there is good news of great joy for all the people. For unto us a Savior has come, who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you are God in the highest heavens. Lord, all glory be to you. All glory be to you, Father. Help us to see that, to know that, to, to, to meditate on that, to think on it, to, 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 to live it out, Father. May your glory so affect our lives that we are granted peace. Father, for those of us today who are praying with us, who have yet to accept you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray together with them now. Jesus, I let go of my life. Have your way in me. Save me. Be my Lord. Save me from my fears. Save me from myself. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Save me, Lord. And grant me peace. Give me joy. Father, for those who have prayed that for the first time today, we pray that you greatly grant them deep, lasting joy and peace in their lives, Father. And may they come to know you more and more as they walk with you, as they know you, as they give you the glory. 
Father, for all of us today, may you help us to receive that good news, to behold, to give you the glory, and to fear no more. Thank you, Lord, for Christmas. Thank you, Lord, for that message that you have come to save us. You give us this good news of great joy, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that for all of those who are listening to us today, I pray that you grant them great joy. May you bless them, Father. May you turn their fears into peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for coming to be with us. All glory to you, Lord, and may there be peace among us. All these things we pray to the glory of your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord. Amen. Let me first wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. There might be less Christmas parties this year, but I hope you and your family can find a very joyful, very meaningful time this season. I hope that you and your family can sit together at the dinner table many, many times, enjoy good food, share stories, and have a joyous season of remembering Christ our Lord. Merry Christmas. May I now invite you to stand with me, you and your family, to stand with me as I give you the benediction. Let me bless you this season. Receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. May Christ be your Lord. May He deliver you from all your fears. May you have great joy and peace. May you experience God with us this season. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to you and your family. Amen. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless you.